Welcome to this week's MTD podcast. In this podcast, we will be discussing how we can bridge the technology gap with SolidCam. I'm Giovanni Albanese, hosting today's show, a passionate engineer and a proud member of the MTD team. I have the pleasure to be joined by Ian Llewellyn from SolidCam UK, business and development manager. And it's a great day to be doing this podcast, Ian. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Gio. Thank you very much for having me on, on board. No, it's an absolute pleasure, Ian. Thank you for, for joining us. Ian, you've got many years' experience in the manufacturing uh, industry. I think it's only right if you can first tell our audience a little bit about yourself and about the experiences that you've had in the industry and about your expertise, please. Okay. Um after a bit of a, a slow start from school, I, I had a spell in the RAF, which didn't particularly work out. Um, I, I then decided to move into um, into engineering and having a relative who was a machinist, he invited me to come and have a go at being a, a manual machi- <coughs> manual machinist, uh, which I did at Mason and Pinder Toolmakers. Um, so I went through like an unofficial apprenticeship because I was too old to be an apprentice um, learning the manual machines um, and kind of from there they they pushed me forward onto um, running CNC machines which they recently purchased. Um, that kind of led on to um, learning CAD CAM as well because they just invested in that. Um, so they were very early adopters of new technology. Um, so I spent nearly 12 years with Mason and Pinder Toolmakers um, before kind of branching out and having a look at what else was available. Um, where I joined Plasmold, who were in Leeds at the time. Um, and while I was there, I was approached by um, NC Graphics, who were a CAD CAM vendor at the time. Um, so I spent um, several years with those as a, a demonstrator, um, where I've, I then moved into sales um, through no fault of my own really I kind of fell into the position um and after they were acquired by Vero Software um I then moved on to being a sales manager for for Vero Software uh, all in all did 20 nearly 23 years with those guys um so I spent a lot of time going around tool rooms press tools mold tools die casting shops um and like I say after 23 years I kind of Got itchy feet again, I suppose, and wanted to have a look at what else is available. Um, did a bit of a spell for CG Tech on Vericut, um, working with some very, very clever people and some very clever software. Um, and then the opportunity came up to work for SolidCam, uh, which I thought was a, a good move for me, um, certainly with the, the kind of technologies that they were looking at. So um, joined those guys last November. So I've had kind of six months with them. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, that's a that's a great insight into your kind of background, really. Now, it, how important is it, in your opinion, to have had that toolmaker experience, to add that experience on the machine tools, programming to make components before you got into CAD CAM and the programming and and, and the design? I I felt it was really important. Um, predominantly because when I was doing the CAD CAM side of it, I actually had an understanding of what it took to machine it and what it took to 
put those tools together so you could look at a component that had been sent in from a customer and instantly look at it and go, you're never going to be able to make that. It's just the wrong shape. It's it's in the wrong orientation. So I think having that background um, made life a lot easier going into CAD CAM. And I think then moving from a CAD CAM user to being um, CAD CAM technical and CAD CAM sales, um, having that wealth of experience in the background meant that I could talk to customers on a technical level. I could understand what they were trying to achieve. And rather than giving them the, the big sell, I was actually looking at their problem and looking how I could resolve those problems with the software that I'd got. No, it's, it's, it's fascinating, really, and I, totally, I couldn't agree with you more. You need to be able to, to know how to make a component first before you can design and program. Absolutely, um, yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. For the listeners um, that are listening to this podcast that may not be familiar with CAD-CAM, um, CAD-CAM stands for Computer Aided Design and Computer Aided Manufacturing. Um, and this is now really evolved over the years. Now, we're basing this podcast around bridging the technology gap. Um, how can this be achieved with software? And why is CAD-CAM so important nowadays, Ian? I think having the ability to design things electronically in the CAD side of things, um, being able to look at a component and the way that technology's moved on, you can you can look at how parts can be assembled uh, within the CAD side, the CAD environment, and instantaneously you can look and see that's not going to work or that's going to work or maybe if we change that, that's going to make things better. So having that electronic capability means that before you even start going into manufacture, you've you've got a pretty good insight as to whether or not that component's going to be um, manufacturable. Um, so I think it's it's very important. And it, it also means that whilst we may have reduced the skills requirement for people making patterns, um, which is historically what they used to do, they'd make a wooden pattern, they'd check it over, the customer would look at the, the wooden part and go, yeah, I'm happy with that. And then they would start tracing it on, um, on copy mills, hmm. um, which reduce flexibility in producing them. So that's where the CAM environment comes in. Um, and gives you that ability to machine things in a better manner and, and using different tools rather than, you know, the same size as the stylus that you used to scan it with. Wow, I mean, that, that, so, that took me back a long day when you say about the, yeah, the, the, the I'm just the, showing how old I well, am, aren't well, I? Well, it's funny you should say that when you mention the wood models. Um, I'd done my work experience whilst I was still at school at a company at the time called MPL, and an Eaton Pattern. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, in, in the Neaton, and and when I done yeah. my work experience there, I'm sure at the time they were making kind of the 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 cars, you know, the 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 shape of the cars out of wood. I mean, the skill involved in that was absolutely yeah. phenomenal, and that kind of inspired me to get into engineering, really, and then and then on to becoming a tool maker, and 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 I kind of fell into sales myself, Ian. So kind of similar paths in 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 that respect. Now. You know, with with you, you mentioned the skill skills gap and uh, bridging the skills gap and the sim simplification of programming. I mean, is is there still a need to program directly into the machine tool? Um, I think there maybe is to a degree. The problem is that it's time consuming, um, and 
it doesn't matter how good your machine operator is, whatever he's doing programming at the machine, the machine's not running. And if it's not running, it's not making money, which unfortunately is, the, you know, that's the end goal of every company is they've got to make money. And if you, if you program it offline, that means that potentially that machine could run through the night unmanned, you know, providing it was a, a suitable program, which means that that lights out machining is profitable. But what if, it, um, what if you're doing one-offs there, Ian? Or, or kind yeah, of, it's, um, it still works with one-offs. I mean, everything I've ever done has been one-offs with being in tool making. Um, so, you know, most mold tools are a one-off. What you've got to look at is the process that you're machining it with, which again leads back to the fact that you need good technology. You need good CAD CAM capability so that you can check what you've done or what you're doing in process before you commit it to the machine tool. Um, so that that way, the, what runs through on the machine is going to be accurate and it's going to be correct. Um, and providing you set the conditions up properly, you shouldn't have any problem. Yeah, so what you're saying effectively, Ian, is that you're making your mistakes in the cloud, you're making your mistakes digitally, yeah. um, and you're not scrapping the components either. Um, so you're yep. getting the components right first time. Um, that's it. That's, that's the goal, isn't it? Absolutely, 100%. And, you know, our, our tagline for Swarf and Chips, which we do, is, you know, keep them spindles turning. It's it's absolutely essential. Um, and, uh, yeah. you know, it, it, it is the key to, to, to profitability um, and efficiency, especially when, you know, you're paying a lot of money for your machine tool. You need to get a return of investment. Now, Ian, yeah. with, with so many providers out there and so many different solutions, what makes your solution so different to others? I think what drew me to SolidCam was the technologies that they've got and the technologies that were emerging. Um, one of the big things for me is um, sliding head lathes, Swiss-style sliding head lathes. There's a lot of them out there, and a lot of them are programmed manually, which is very, very time-consuming. And the reason for that is that there aren't that many companies who can actually produce good post-processors for these very, very complex machines. Um, and I saw SolidCam before I joined the company, and I knew from, from all my years working in CAD-CAM how difficult a process this was. And I saw how advanced, even before I joined the company, in sort of 12, 15 months ago, how far they'd already got with this technology. Um, and then when I started looking at what else had got available, you know, being able to machine using barrel cutters in five axis, so five axis simultaneous using using these new types of tools, um, as well as a Swiss style, the iron machining caught my eye because of how quick you could rough material out, you know, saving 70 to 80% on a conventional roughing program just because of this built-in technology um for me made a massive difference i mean when you when you kind of state them kind of figures you know 70 percent cycle reductions you know they sound unrealistic don't they uh ian do you do, do you have to prove that that you can do that you know if if, if a, a potential client came along to you showed you a component you did a time study on that component do you need to prove prove the pudding as, as such? Before? Yeah, absolutely. And this is one of the reasons for having the tech centre up in Barnsley. You know, we've got a big three-axis mill. Um, 
for for Mac, we'd we'd got a new five-axis mill coming in to Mac, and then onto the workshop, which will probably just end up direct to the workshop before um, you know January when Mac's going to be again. Um, we've we've got the technology at Barnsley to be able to prove um, our claims, if you like, and we've also got um, the cooperation of the tooling companies and the work holding companies and you know these kind of guys are quite happy for us to say we're going to do a test on a component on a component for a customer um we need to prove that we can save 70 80 percent um um you know we invite the customers into the workshop to be able to see it happening and i think once they've seen it like you said it's, it's a bit of a disbelief initially you know it's a big claim to make 70 percent um but when you actually start showing them um, and seeing how quick it does it, it it almost sells itself, I suppose. Well, I suppose it's an instant return of investment. If you're knocking off seventy percent, it's it's how can you how can you turn that down? <laughs> uh, well, that's what you, you know. think, wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, well, well, definitely, Ian. Definitely. I mean, I've had I've had the pleasure to uh, to be presented in the past at one of the seminars held at Solid Cam, and and I do like the fact that you get work holding suppliers, tooling suppliers, machine tool suppliers involved with these seminars because you really hit the nail on the head there it's not just about one uh part of the process it's about the complete processes and if there was a weak link the process will be flawed because of that weak link um and and being able to kind of illustrate your software uh, working in conjunction with your partners is a very important thing Absolutely. I, I think without the partners, we, we would struggle. Um, you know, you, you've got to have that complete solution. You've got to have people who understand what what we're trying to achieve, as well as showing their own products. It's, it's kind of got to be um, a, a group solution, if you like. And I think more and more customers or potential customers are wanting to see how your software interacts with other products, you know, so like being able to directly output to Vericut um, makes a massive difference. We have tool tables where we can import tooling um, data from from our partners as well. So all this kind of information um, kind of gives a, it's not a turnkey solution, but you know you can go to a customer and go, actually, that's the solution that's going to get you the results you want. So you're not just offering um, solutions on your own product, but other products too? Yeah. We, you know, we've we've got to look around at what um, what other partners have got available, and you know, we will we will go to different tooling companies because they have something specific that's going to work better for what we're trying to push in front of the customer. So we're not just tied into one partner for one product. You know, we we open our doors to um, everybody that's in the industry to say, come and work with us, um, show your capabilities alongside ours and then you know the customer gets the best end result yeah. that's a really good good point and, a, and it's a very great well, it's a great way to work uh, now ian you know we spoke to ben recently uh, and mark um about the new software and cad cam packages that you have available for the sliding head market um i've been seeing some of your videos as well demonstrations on this and it and i've got to admit it does look extremely impressive um you know ben's mentioned it simplifies the programming and uh, and some of the other unique benefits that it has 
But in your opinion and in your words, you know, what makes this special? I think what makes it different in solid cam for handling the Swiss type machines or the sliding head layers, whichever you want to call them, um, is having the ability to control um, the environment because you've got so much going on. You've got multiple spindles, multiple tools, all moving at the same time. So within the software, we're able to monitor all that activity and make sure that nothing clashes with anything. We have um, the channel management system, which instantly flags up if there's any problems. Um, but for me, the most important part is the ability to be able to take that information and then um, send it out to a post-processor for the multiple machines that are available um, within the industry and get a correct output. So be, being able to um, send that data to the machines and know that it's going to work properly um, is for me is probably the biggest key point. Collision avoidance, I would assume that, like you mentioned, it is a massive, uh, massive feature because you've got so much going on in such a small space. You know, does it does it take into consideration the way in which tools are set, etc.? Absolutely. It's, it needs to know everything because, like you said, it's such a small environment and there's so much going on. Um, you know, we need to know where every tool is. We need to know where every spindle is. We need to know the length of every drill, um, you know, what station they're in. So, so we need to have that complete control over everything within that working envelope. Um, and like I say, we have the channel management, which is part of the software, um, which tracks everything moving simultaneously and if if it's not going to work if there's going to be a problem um it instantly flags it up before any of those problems can be sent to the machine so again really going back on what you said previously Ian, you know that sliding head machine can be running its its components whilst someone else in the office um or someone in the office is is, is writing the next program proving it all out so when that job finishes the next one's just simply ready to go and you can just press the button in complete confidence yeah that that's for me you know and you know the key to this is, is how to bridge the technology gap having that machine working is what's earning the customer money you know that's what's making their profit if you've got somebody upstairs who can go through all the changes and the inspection and the collision checking before it gets anywhere near the machine then once the bar's loaded up, once your tools are loaded up, you press go with complete confidence that that's going to produce the, the number of parts that you require. So, you know, removing that downtime on the machine for somebody to go through each stage manually, um, for me, is a massive jump. So, you know, there's you mentioned earlier on in the podcast, there's still a lot of people uh, that, that, that have sliding head technology that are still programming them manually. For the people and engineers that invest in this new technology and software and bridge that gap, is it going to be a game changer for them? Are they going to leapfrog their competition, in your opinion? I, I think they're going to have to do. You know, I, it can't be any other way because if you're suddenly having your machine running, you know, 99 hours out of 100 because it's all pre-programmed, that's got to be far more profitable. That's got to put you in front of the people that are still stood there you know, and some of these parts can be so complex, they could take days to program if you're doing it manually. Um, you know, I'm not saying that it's going to be a, a you know, a, a, a much, much, much quicker process doing it in the CAD CAM system, 
But what it does do is it allows you to get in front because once you've got one of your parts programmed, you'll be running tens of thousands of parts off anyway. So you've got the time for your operator, for your CAD CAM operator, to start producing your next set of components. Um, so for me, it's got to it's got to leap you forward from from your competition. Hundred percent, and I think you've made some really valid points there. And uh, I'm sure for people that are listening to this podcast, please get in in, in touch uh, to find out more. You know, and you're also doing seminars and training activity. Um, uh, which, which, uh, if you could tell us a little bit more about that, especially whilst we've been in this uh, COVID nineteen um, kind of lockdown uh, f- phase. Well, SolidCam have have always tried to put on seminars within the workshop. So you know, we invite customers and we invite prospects to come and look at what we're doing. Again, this is when the partners get involved. Obviously, with the lockdown, that's been proved to be impossible. So what we're producing now is is more and more webinars, seminars, um, and trying to, to create more information online um, in conjunction with yourselves, obviously, as well. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's the new today, isn't it? We're having to adapt, um, you know, because of this, our online traffic has increased, the online inquiries has increased. Um, you know, we're working with existing customers like Olympus, where we're offering um, remote licenses so they can work from home. Um, Olympus, you know, we we gave them extra software temporarily so that they could get this work done for COVID-19 respirators. Um, so all this electronic uh, information that we're trying to generate um, is a way of continuing the education of prospects and customers, letting people see that we are still around, we are still in business, we are still working for our customers with the software development. Um, but what we're, what we're trying to do is to get that information across. And at the moment, the only way to do that is, is electronically and online. Right, so it's a good point. And the, the Olympus story you can find on the MTDCNC website, yep. very good story, great company. And, and it's great to see how you've helped them in, in, in their mission to, to produce these ventilator components in a, in a, in a more productive uh, fashion. Now, I think that that really sums up the kind of sliding head technology nicely and, and some of the, 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 the innovative software that you provide um, very well. Do you have any new uh, solutions for fifth axis machines? Um, probably one of the biggest one is the ability to use barrel cutters. Um, these types of cutters in full five axis mean that you're not taking small steps Um down the side walls, you can take greater step overs, which again is increasing cycle times on finishing um, complex five axis parts by 60, 70, 80%. I think Mark touched on this when he did his, uh, his live quiz with you. Um, having that ability to use those, and I think um, somebody mentioned within the company that in 2021 version, we're not just going to have barrel cutters, but we're actually going to have spherical barrel cutters. So radius on the bottom as well as the um, radius on the side. So all this innovation is geared around um, trying to produce parts as accurately, but um, but reducing the cycle times at the same time. And with, with the additional radius at the bottom of the barrel cutter, what, what advantages do we get from that, Ian? Well, it's... <clears throat> it allows you to be able to not just come down the sidewalls um, in a greater step over, but also stepping over 
um, shallower angles. So where you might have to trace across with a ball nose in fine steps to get your surface finish on a 3D contour. If you've got um, a spherical form at the bottom of the tool, it means that you can increase your step over that way. So you're not just saving on the sidewalls, you're also saving time on the shallower um, 3D forms as well. And to be able to achieve the, achieve these kind of uh, massive savings, um, it, it's impossible to, to to program, or or I would imagine it's it's unless you're a genius to program some of these programs where you're using all five axis simultaneously manually into the machine. Am I correct? Yeah, I think it'd be impossible. Yeah, I think it'd be impossible to be honest. Um, it's you know, working out the contact point for even a radius-cornered end mill is difficult enough because the <laughs> contact point changes as it, different angles on the face, different contact points. Um, so to be able to do that with a, a barrel cutter that's got maybe an 80 diam- an eighty radius on the side of it, um, I, I just don't see how you'd be able to do it, to be honest, without the cam system. Well, you'd, you'd need to be a genius, and if you're a genius capable <laughs> of programming that, uh, you're in the wrong job. <laughs> I was going to say, you probably wouldn't be a programmer either, would you? <laughs> no. Um, so, I mean, so, so to, to, to kind of, to, to, to re- really then, to reiterate on that, you know, to, to be able to, 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 to make or get advantage or make advantage of, of, of that particular saving, you really do need your software. Um, now, that really rounds up and summarises everything that you do. We touched upon uh, iMachining, which is is still a, a, a one of your best selling products, in my opinion. Um, you know, what what in it, what else have you got available? What's around the corner, Ian? Um, obviously, we're we're enhancing what we're doing. Um, as regards new products, I'm not always privy to what's coming around the corner. Um, you know the, the the barrel cutter with the, um, the spherical bottom is something that's been mentioned in passing as something that's coming f- uh, for next year. Um, so it, all I can guarantee is that whatever we do next will be better than what we're doing now. That's brilliant. It's evolution for sure. Yeah, um, Ian, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the MTD podcast today. If any of my listeners or our listeners um, have enjoyed. Um, this podcast or have any questions please send them in and don't forget to subscribe to the MTD podcast which you can do on your iPhones, smartphones and you can also listen to it from the MTD uh, website Ian, thank you very much for your time Thanks very much, Gio Thanks for listening to the MTD podcast If you found value in this episode please subscribe and leave a rating and review Find more episodes on mtdcnc.com.